This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan Inside Sports. Across the 40, the 30, the tw- Ford's going to pull the ball down. Give it to Kevin Brown. Look at that hole. He's up across the 40, the 30, the 20, the 15, the 10, and they're up at And Ford's going to take off himself inside the 10, inside the 5, touchdown! The deuce is loose, straight forward into the end zone, touchdown Elks! We're coming out the bye week, so it was a, you know, a fresh start. Uh, what we took as a fresh start as a whole team, especially as the offense. Uh, and I feel like that we, we executed better, I mean, well, we executed more uh, today than we did, you know, throughout any other game of the season. Tyron Moore now breaks away from that. He'll get the ball thrown to him, and he'll escape some coverage. He's got some green grass ahead of him. There's no business like show business. Looking to go down the sidelines inside the 10. Touchdown, Edmonton. Tyron Moore and another big game for the Edmonton Elks, and the offense is back. Oh, I feel like he did real good, you know. Uh, for, for my first time being out um, on the game field with, with Trey, uh, I feel like he handled it real good. He never got too high. He never got too low. Uh, and, and for the most part, he took he took what the defense was giving him. Is it fumbled? It looks like it comes out of Kevin Brown's hand, and the Bombers have possession. Yep. At least they say they do. Now the official uh, does as well. Kevin Brown can't hang on to it. And after a big play one way, the offense fumbles the ball away. There's the snap. Ford will roll to the right side. Looks downfield. He'll throw, and it's intercepted. Evan Holmes steps in front of it. He's got it up and running, but uh, the whistle has blown, and down he goes as... That one was intended, I believe, for Kyron Moore, and the Elks have now had their second turnover of this football game. The one that we definitely got to take away is the turnovers. I know I threw an inter- interception, and uh, KB had that fumble. Uh, that's two turnovers right there. I mean, if you know you turn the ball over two times in a game, it's not a good look. You're definitely dropping your chances of winning that game. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I think there was also a lot of good things. I thought our O-line played phenomenal today. I thought they did uh, extremely well, uh, extremely good job today. They uh, they did well in pass protection. We were able to run the ball super well. Um, so a big shout out to them and I mean I think that's what we gotta we gotta build off of we gotta build off you know the, the big guys up front the O-line we gotta run the ball with success like we did today and then I think we also have to get uh, more into the drop back pass game and uh, get the ball down the field a little bit more yeah promise early in the game for the offense not a lot as the game went on they did get the short pass with a long touchdown run from Kyron Moore in the third quarter, but the Elks uh, shut out in the fourth quarter, and the second half has been a big problem for them. 
this year, uh, 28-7 in favor of Winnipeg, the score in the second half. First time the Elks have led at the half this season, but as I've talked about, tied three times, you know, down by a point on another occasion, single-digit deficits uh, several other times, but it's uh, often spun out of control in the third and or fourth quarters. Look, the Elks don't have a great roster. They have some pretty big deficiencies. I've been saying most of the season, especially on offense, I get it now there's probably some big concerns about the defensive side of the uh, ball as well because they really didn't stop anything Winnipeg was doing in the third quarter and in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, but this is not all on the players. I, I mean, there there's this thing called halftime in football, and that's where the coaches say, okay, these plays we're not going to. These are the plays we're going to do, and we need to do a little tweak on this play. And this, to me, this is a coaching issue as well. Um, you know, look, I was hard on Stephen McIndoo, the offensive coordinator. Uh, I've mentioned uh, Stephen Sorrells, the O-line coach at points as well. Um, but, I mean, the, the head coach figures to, to this as well, and he's also the defensive coordinator. And, I mean, I think it's a it's a coaching staff that hasn't been able to come up with enough to perhaps make up for a lack of talent. Talent's very important, don't get me wrong. Now, Chris Jones is the general manager, which is another discussion we can have. But, you know, bad teams or, or teams with, a, with lesser talent still win and still make plays. Now, on offense, at least the Elks did that yesterday to a degree. I talked about earlier, I think they should have thrown more. I think they should have got Ford running around more. But at least maybe we saw signs of that. But, you know, Winnipeg was sort of starting to unveil what they wanted to do in the second quarter offensively. Kalaros went out. Best player in the league, by the way. He still couldn't beat his backup. Um, so the the defense has shown promise at times. I think they've been a good unit most of the time. Now, again, maybe it's just maybe it was just it's Winnipeg. And we got to accept that. I don't know. I don't really want to accept that. I want to say... You should, like, even if you're a kind of a lousy team, why are you losing every game you're close in at halftime or even last night leading? Maybe last night you can say it's just the caliber of the opponent. Well, but, okay, but again, you know, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, other teams, they were in it at halftime. Those games were lost. Those games aren't good. I mean, Montreal is killing Saskatchewan tonight. Saskatchewan's not good. So I think we have to look at... Is there stubbornness here from Chris Jones? I mean, we know he's a very confident, borderline, arrogant personality. He, he's been successful in the past. Has he adapted over the years? Has he brought enough different things to the table? Has he been able to roll with changes in the CFL since he was here in 2015? And, and now, can he implement different things at halftime that are going to help his team? I, I don't think we've seen the coaching staff do that nearly enough seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have brian standing by go ahead brian hey reed uh thanks for taking my call uh there was another play in the in the in the game is when the kicker kicked the field or kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff bad play bad bad as you're a kicker why can't you just kick it right down the middle of the field man why do you have to hit it off to the side yeah right? well so they, i the think they usually point. want to kick it to one side or the other because that's the side the coverage is going to but you're right you should be good enough to control it that yeah. if the returner leaves it it's still going to stay in bounds and yeah, that one was they, obviously headed out 
Well, it came right out to the 50-yard line, and all of a sudden, there you go, Winnipeg, you know, they came down and scored. I'm glad you brought that up, because that was costly, and I've said this numerous times, this is nothing personal against Dean Faithful. He's got a great story, but this is Chris Jones thinking he's the smartest guy in the room by drafting this 36-year-old British kicker, and now he's not great on kickoffs, and he doesn't score points on field goals often enough. Exactly. Well, he's never kicked a football before, but also Trey Ford, I love the guy, but this is twice he's fumbled in the red zone. Another game, he fumbled, and that's when Edmonton was coming down to score, and it changed the whole momentum of the field of the game, too. And I, I seen when he was kind of joking on the sidelines a little bit, you know, having fun and, you know, putting the peace sign behind one of the, uh, you know, the color guys, whatever it was, whoever it was. The next play, he went out and he pummeled the ball. So is he really in the game? You know what I mean? You got it. You're losing, man. You should be looking at a tablet, like, you know, looking to see what you can do next. You shouldn't be joking on the sidelines, right? So. All right. Thanks, Brian. Um, Appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I didn't see the TV uh, broadcast. Usually, I would rewatch all or part of the game the next day, but obviously, I was I, I was golfing today. I didn't see if if what Trey Ford was doing there. Uh, we also have Todd hanging on the line. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say that uh, uh, there were some promising things yesterday. The guys who were doing the post-game show for 6.30 there, the one guy made the comment that walking the concourse at halftime, he said it was like the liberation of France. People were hugging and kissing. <laughs> that was probably Blake, who's going to join me in a bit. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was unbelievable, and I agree with him. I was at that game, and even though, like you say, Winnipeg had kind of settled in, you could see what they were going to do offensively, and you just kind of knew in the back of your mind they were going to blow it, but for that moment when they were winning, that's the, that's the most fun we've had for 15 minutes at Commonwealth there for halftime but you take out those two huge plays uh, the opening run and then that catch and run it was another dismal game offensively they're just vanilla there was only 16 th- there was only 16 throws I, I just don't understand uh, you know Jones preaches consistency and he says all the right things and I heard him again in the post game last night he preaches consistency he preaches discipline but this starts at the top uh, I was there at that Argos game uh, at the start of the year when he pulled Taylor Cornelius for nobody knew in our section nobody knew what the heck he'd done wrong he wasn't great but he hadn't made a crucial error he hadn't done anything dumb and you pull him and after he pulls the starting quarterback that everybody thought was going to be our guy Cornelius's confidence has gone off a cliff and you've talked about it many times he just doesn't have any confidence yeah. three weeks ago Trey Ford wasn't doing enough he wasn't this he wasn't that Yesterday he's the starter, and you had uh, you had uh, Simon on there uh, earlier in the week talking about he's the hardest working guy and he's staying late, he's watching film. Well, what is it? Is he the new starting quarterback? Is working harder than anybody else, or have they just changed the goalposts and now this is the guy? You know, he talks about he talks about discipline, but after the defense goes out there and basically gives Winnipeg a touchdown after we had a chance to gain momentum after that big score, no one gets sat. You know, guys are throwing their helmets on the sideline. There's a great opportunity. Opportunity to say, even if you're a defensive leader, if you don't play the right way and you, you throw a hissy fit on the sidelines, you're not going to play. Nothing changes. And that starts with Jones. And I don't know if he's doing too many things. I don't know if, like you said, he hasn't adapted since the last time he was in the CFL, but he seems incredibly stubborn. Yeah. And uh, that they're going to win playing this sort of conservative football. I, I, I often say to, to friends and family that he reminds me so much. He's Cavis Reed with a Southern drawl. Cavis Reed and, and Chris Jones are guys I'd love to have a beer with and listen to talk about football. They're incredibly knowledgeable. They're great interviews. They say all the right things. But the way they talk and the way the team is coached 
something doesn't jive. Todd, and, uh, stay on the line because I want to. I want to say a couple things, and you can respond if you want. Like Blake made a good comment last week after McAdoo was fired. And he said some coaches, not just McAdoo, other football coaches he's known and have watched, he said some of them have trouble getting off the second page of their playbook. They're so convinced their favorite 15 plays are going to work, they won't call anything else. And then I think it's – and look, when Chris Jones came back, I I thought it was going to be probably a positive move. I I never could have guessed it was going to be this bad. But I and other other listeners have raised the question this year, and I and I have to agree with it. If you look at Chris Jones's record without Michael Riley or Zach Kalaros as his quarterback, I think he's now a sub three hundred coach. Yeah, and 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 we've talked about it before when I've called in. If people remember that uh, that last Great Cup they had, so much of that was on the back of Mike Riley being tough as nails. Like he ran for his life. It wasn't like they were, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, a lightning offense or something like that. It was they would try something, it wouldn't work, and he would just scramble and run. And if if you don't have that quarterback and the caliber of quarterback isn't there, which again falls on Chris Jones because he's also your general manager. I mean, it's it's just one of those things, right? Okay. Well, here's the thing, and I said this last week, and Todd, part of me hates saying this because I don't like saying things that sound mean like I try to provide analysis over emotional even if I am upset about the state of the team but for argument's sake let's say there are 36 quarterbacks in the CFL three active and one practice roster on each team okay do the Elks have a quarterback you would put in the top 25 yeah right like maybe yeah. I mean we'll see what happens with Ford but you, but yeah. you're thinking about it, right? That's not good. No, <laughs> twenty-five out of thirty-six. Yeah, so. no, it's 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 a fair point. But uh, but like I say, I think you're I think you're right to say that they're stubborn. Uh, I think that's something that continues to bite them, and you can tell based on the third quarter. Like you'd mentioned, that's usually when you make adjustments. That's usually when you try new things. But if you don't come off, especially against a team like Winnipeg, uh, three straight finals, if you don't come off that first or second page of your playbook, they have you and and you, you you saw it there was a run where they tried to do that um, they tried to do the halfback draw and Jefferson just blew it up like it never had a chance they knew exactly what they were going to do it was like they were in the huddle right but they're still calling those plays yeah. and I, I I just thought it was uh, another thing he, he said uh, Jones said too is that you know they were going to try and mix it up and uh, Ford's a great athlete this that, and the other thing we didn't see enough of Ford being an athlete you know what okay. I mean like yeah, there I'm going to jump in again because I think Blake might have said this last night and somebody brought it up to me today at the golf course as great as Willie Jefferson is he was exhausted at the end of that game Ford probably beats him easily to the edge on that third and three if he keeps the ball like the OC has to be in his helmet saying don't be afraid of Willie another thing about Winnipeg's confidence I'm Todd I'm glad you you something you said made me think of this at the start of the second half Winnipeg had the option they gave the Elks the wind and the ball down 12 points. That's how sure they were. They just said, we'll take the wind in the fourth. You're not going to score in your opening drive. Right? Because yeah. they knew. They knew. 
And and the one the one thing though about that because uh, I read on Three Down Nation today that that Chris Jones had made a comment that Ford has to stay in his lane when he was talking about cons- uh, when he was talking about uh, conservative play calling. He said that on that third and three that um, he said on the third and three that Trey Ford missed the pull. So that was an option that that was an option going in. They knew what the play was. He had an opportunity to pull it and he didn't. So I don't know if it was okay. he was well, afraid maybe, of yeah. Jefferson or what the deal was, but but either way, like call you know call something that uh, I think they said on the uh, I think they said on the post game yesterday, like call a play where he just runs to the cone. Like I, I don't I don't know. It's a mess, and and what makes it the most frustrating for me is it's a nine team league, and five of those teams aren't good, and we're You're all right. nine, and we're one, and, we're the worst one. Saskatchewan yeah. is not good. Hamilton is not good. Ottawa, despite those two exciting wins, those might have been accidents. Yeah. And uh, who else am I missing? And, Cal- and, and Calgary, Calgary, actually. Yeah. This might be one of the worst Calgary teams in our in the last 30 years. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, they're finally on safari and just can't figure out what and, they're and doing, and, and we're yeah. sitting here. Thanks, Todd. All right, thank you. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 17-3, Montreal leading Saskatchewan with 22 seconds left in the first half. And, uh, yeah, Saskatchewan, they they have scratched out four wins, but uh, I'm not of the belief that they're actually that good. The Blue Jays trailing the Cubs 6-1 in the top of the sixth. 780-496-0063. Derek Scott on the uh, other side of the window tonight. Derek, good to see you. What do we have? Yeah, you too, Reed. A uh, few texts coming in here. This one uh, is from Donnie M. Time to look at the D coordinator. Second halves have not been good. Well, and that's Jones. Uh, I will just... and I, 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 This is one of those answers I will give, one of those comments I will make, and I know it will anger people. And I hate doing that. It's my personality to please people, to try to make people smile or laugh or dance a little jig. (laughs) Um, I I, I think Chris Jones will finish the season with the Elks. We're already halfway there. Um, They're not making the playoff, folks. Like, they're going to... If you think they can go 8-1, I'm sorry, you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they will be lucky to go 3-6, in their final nine, I think that honestly might be considered re- relatively successful. Um, so I think Chris Jones will finish the season as the coach and as the D coordinator and as the GM. I All right. make no assurances about next season. Mm-hmm. This one here from Luke says, I liked much of what I saw last night. The Elks now have to go forward with Ford and Jackson. Barring something drastic, the last thing we need is a revolving door. Well, I, I I think at this point you have you have to see, <clears throat> pardon me, what you have in Ford and maybe Daigie at times. I don't know if Cornelius is ever going to get it back as an elk. Maybe he winds up somewhere else and gets confident, and and a change of scenery helps. But yes, I think at this point, I mean, as frustrating as it is, you are looking ahead. Who wants to play next year? And you don't you you can't be successful without a quarterback. You can't be successful without a quarterback. Not, the best quarterback doesn't always win, but the best quarterback uh, usually is on a, has a team that's certainly in the playoffs and always has a chance. So, yeah, I think you have to see what you have with Ford. You have to see how Jackson... Maybe there's a progression off some of these plays next week. Maybe we see Ford move around a little bit next week. If we see the same approach 
and then Hamilton adjusting and saying like, oh, they're calling this. Okay, well, they're not the McAdoo plays anymore. Now they're the Jackson plays. We figured them out. Then there's more cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Jarius Jackson, uh, it says Jarius called a better game than McAdoo, but that's a pretty low bar to jump over. The run play on third down at the end of the game is excusable. He didn't seem to have many longer pass plays in the scheme. And where were the rollouts with Ford? He should have had the option to use his legs on almost every play. That's from Smacker the Hacker. Yeah, I think some of the things we've touched on tonight, uh, Todd, who called in, said maybe Jones maybe suggested that uh, Ford should have kept that ball on that third down at the end of the game they weren't in a great spot they also could have kicked a field goal to get within six i guess it would have been and then either gone for a short kick uh now kicking field goals for this team has not been great obviously where were we at i'm just trying to check the yardage here that play where's my fourth quarter um kevin brown rushed for zero yards that would have been a 40-yard kick? I, I, well, Faithful was short from 48 against BC, so I don't know. That's a, I mean, when you're down nine in the final two minutes, you're in a tough spot. Well, we definitely have a few more, but uh, we are up against it, so okay, quick sure. timeout. Blake's coming up. <clears throat> we can read a couple for Blake if there's time. We also got a couple of fun things. Um, a sports-themed show, a show at the Fringe this year. We got the writer and director of that one, Kelly Hodson from United Cycles, going to check in as well. We'll keep you updated on uh, Montreal and Saskatchewan. Uh, halftime now, 17-3 Montreal. Back after the 7 o'clock news.